0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Asher Marketing Podcast. And tonight we have a very special guest, Asher's president, Kara Kelly. Hi, Kara.
1: Hi, Anthony. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, you would think as Asher's president, we would have had you on earlier than six. Nah. But we let things get warmed up and we yes. figured out what we're actually doing with this, which <laughs> we still don't quite know, but we'll find out tonight what we're doing with this. So the year 2020 has been quite a year
1: remarkable everyone. yes
0: yeah. yes but it's almost over <laughs> so uh, what are you looking forward to in the next couple months what's coming up that you're eager to, to see happen
1: personally or professionally
0: a little bit of both other than the year ending what, what's what's on your mind what's
1: um, Personally, I am looking forward to a dive trip to a little island off of Honduras in January. Am
0: I correct that your husband and you are both certified scuba divers? Is that true?
1: So, actually, that is not true. My husband um, is not a very good swimmer. Okay, and so he. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. He said that he's going to go to the island and become a three-toed sloth. Okay, good. good, (laughs) While I am out swimming with fish, so I'm looking forward to that personally. Just a. And escape from it all. Where are you um, going? A little island off of Honduras, nice. if they let us in. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't right. even know if we're allowed there. <laughs> um, but so yeah, and then professionally, I is there such thing as stability? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of forget what that <laughs> feels like. Um, so yeah, professionally stability, personally, uh, an escape, swimming with a fish. All right,
0: well, good. Well, and Mike, if you're listening, and I know you will be because you love your wife, we will not get you in the water. No, we keep you safe on land. Keep
1: you on the boat. That's right.
0: That's right. So Kara, as you know on this podcast, we talk about really three things, Mm -hmm. your career path, your organization, which it's a chance to talk about what your perception is of of Azure Agency, and then projects that you're working on, things you're excited about, and that can take any form at all. So let's start with your career path. And I'm going to make believe I don't know as much about you as I do. But I always tell people, start at the beginning, whatever that means to you. And, And for you, um, you know, I I knew you grew. I know you grew up in Fort Wayne, so maybe take us from that point onward to what your career path has looked like and how you ended up as the president of Asher.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's a little bit like Lombard Street, if you will. I stopped. I smelled the flowers. I looked out at, at the ocean. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Fort Wayne, south side of town in the '07. Represent and a bit of a mutt. Um, public elementary, magnet middle school, and private high school, and went on to a college, a Catholic college over in Ohio. And it's just funny how things all work out the way they should, if you will. I swam growing up, and so therefore, my first job was lifeguarding. Um, I went to school for PR and marketing, but throughout college, I was out in California, a waterfront director at a kids' camp. And uh, that was awesome, a great kind of, I guess... I'm always looking to travel and escape. That might be a common theme coming up here. So
0: so did you go to California just because you wanted to go to California or was it the job or what what brought you there?
1: Yeah. So I was in school in the Midwest. I'd been lifeguarding here in Fort Wayne. And I just, I knew that during the summers I wanted to go on an adventure. So I explored different camps around the U.S. and there was and is still a children's camp. It's the first original co-ed camp in the world. Oh, wow. um, it's called Kenilin. It's in mm. the Santa Cruz Mountains. And um, I mean, I, I may have told you this, but it's it's a, it's, it's a glamp. So which okay. <laughs> is my kind of camping, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, they have cabins with doors and restrooms. I stood on the hill next to George Lucas. His son, Jet, was oh, his wow. name, okay. um, with two Ts. Went to the camp, Vanna White. Um, I don't know, her son. But there are kids from all over the Bay Area Mm -hmm. that go there and all over the world, really. They attract counselors from all over the world, Um, just try and broaden people's perspectives. And Anyway, so I went there throughout college, and it was the senior year of high school. I know I'm dating myself here, but season finale of 90210 and we were drinking a lot of cheap champagne yeah, and yeah. my girlfriends and I put our hands in the middle of the table and we promised to each other we we're going to move to California. Oh wow! I'm okay. like, "Well, I know this town's called Santa Cruz." <laughs> and so, I mean, my friends hadn't been west of the Mississippi yeah. and got in our cars and all went out to California and got a house together with a lemon tree and eucalyptus trees and uh we moved west.
0: So completely different world than than Indiana. Very much so. So, what was your first impression of Santa Cruz?
1: Uh, it's a surf town. Okay. I lived like. Let's
0: go there I, right now. That sounds great. It's
1: amazing. <laughs> like, on, I, I tried to make ends meet and yeah. would work at restaurants. Yeah. I still love that restaurant, Cafe Cruz. Um, and so on Fridays, I'd go and try to surf with some girlfriends. And um, so it was just a totally different lifestyle. Ramen noodles, cheap beer, mm-hmm. not a care in the world.
0: Yeah. So, so, how do you get from counselor at a yeah. camp? to marketing? How how do you make that leap?
1: Yep. So um, I met this gal, Sherry Boxer Baker, Uh owned a boutique PR agency in the Bay area. And she showed me the ropes being a small shop. I touched every aspect of that business. And she still to this day is such an inspiration to me. And so she brought me into the PR world and uh, I was out there. It's just, it's a Bay area. It was high stress, a Mm -hmm. long commute, give or take literally 10 minute window. It could be an hour and a half commute or 45 minutes living on the ocean, commuting to Silicon Valley. Yeah, wow. So realized that it was great. I learned a lot, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of different aspects of of whether it was real estate or nonprofit or the arts community, whatever it may be. Um, But then I told my parents, I said, you know, I I think I'm ready to come home to a more affordable place of living. Mm -hmm. And so again, just things work out strangely. Um, I came home for a wedding Mm -hmm. and Tom Borney, as you all probably know, our our CEO, Tom interviewed me for a position to work on the Subway account. Mm -hmm. And so I... During the wedding, one weekend whirlwind interviewed. Um, I was already in the process of realizing I was going to pack up, and I told my parents, "Well, before I plant roots, I kind of want to go to Europe and just mm-hmm. travel." Yeah, and they said, "Well, why don't you get a job over there?" Yeah, you know. And um, so I did that. That camp. There's connections and threads the founder of the camp I worked at in California started a camp on the shores of Croatia called Camp California. Okay. And it's where European children came to learn English, but do that in the uh, environment where they're, they're learning to rope climb and play baseball. They don't know baseball in, yeah. in Eastern Europe. Um, so yeah, so I was there for a summer and I came home and I took a, a quick stint over at um, BNY and worked on Vera Bradley and Biomet and some uh, accounts there. While all of this happened, that job opportunity at Asher unfortunately didn't uh, come to fruition. Yeah. The, <clears throat> we were pitching the Baltimore market mm-hmm. and didn't win the business. So yeah. therefore that opportunity wasn't for, waiting for me when I got home. Um, but one year later, uh, Tim and Tom reached out and said, hey, that opportunity opportunities back on the table okay. uh, for the Baltimore subway market, would you be interested in coming over? And I'll never forget, I went and uh, asked my dad to meet me for a drink at Henry's and got a cocktail. And I said, dad, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I've been <laughs> yeah. at B&Y for a year, but this sounds exciting. And he's like, take a chance. Yeah. And so I did and ended up growing our subway business at that point when I came over to Asher, which was 15 years ago, we had 13 subway markets and grew it to 63. Wow. So. Wow.
0: So, um, one question to close a loop: What did yep. you study when you were at? Because you were at University Dayton. of Dayton, yeah. And what did you study there?
1: PR and marketing. Okay.
0: So, so it consistent with what you ended up doing. Yeah. There's so many people that I talked to that they take a completely different path than what they studied. But it sounds like you were prepared for a career in that direction. So, um, so how many years ago was it that you started at Asher? 15. Okay. All yeah. right. So I'm 16, you're 15. So I remember it wasn't too long after I started. Yep. So um, so let's talk about your role now at Asher. Cause you, and, and take me through, you're working on Subway, you're mm-hmm. growing the Subway business, you're working with the franchise team. How does it evolve over the past few years to your current role? Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that... Um Well, knowing that Tim was ready to transition out, our founder, and his brother Tom was taking over the reins, when... Tim became ill. I think Tom just had an awakening of life is precious. It's Mm -hmm. short. I need to identify my exit strategy. And Tom had seen I was essentially running an agency within an agency with Subway. And he saw how I managed the business, managed the people. um, And I I guess he thought that I had the chops for this. And so it was three years ago where I was made president of the agency. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and Asher has you know changed quite a bit um, over the years, but still a good core of folks that you've worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. Some some new folks who are great too, but it's you know in my mind it's it's a good situation because you have a lot of known quantities and a lot of strong folks who've been around for a while. So, yeah. um, and and as a I'm going to go off the script a little bit. And, and talk a little bit about you as a, a, a young woman leading a company, you know, which is, I think, a great thing for Asher. But talk about your experience as a woman in business and connecting with other women in similar roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still still in our in our community a little bit rare, but, you know, becoming less so. How, how do you feel about that? And is, is it a point of pride for you? Is it something that you don't think about all that much?
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know how this will come across, but I <laughs>
0: That's the fun I, of a podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I forget that I'm a woman. And yeah. I mean that in the sense that I do not walk into a room intimidated by yeah. a group of men. Yeah. I just will step right up. I'm not shy to raise my hand. Um and so I, I Yeah, again, I don't know how that comes across, but I'm very proud of the fact that we are we have a lot of female leadership at yeah. Asher and i'm I'm just grateful for the fact that Tom saw an opportunity and some something in me to um, think that I could take this on. But I, I just don't I don't think it has any I hope it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the fact that I'm a woman. Yeah. It's the skill set. Yeah, so Yeah,
0: I suspect it doesn't. It's more a coincidence, but um, yeah. you know, I know Asher has been recognized in the past with a, I believe it was an Athena award mm-hmm. and you know, has done some some pretty good things as far as as helping women progress in the workplace, which I it's a it's a point of pride for me working here. Yeah. But obviously as a guy, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't affect me directly, so it's always interesting for me to hear that perspective from someone else.
1: I was uh, I was nominated, again, um, I'm humbled by it, as a champion of change mm-hmm. here in the community, one yeah. of maybe 12 other folks for um, empowering women. Yeah. And so it, it's something that sometimes you just, you take a pause and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. we're well, doing and it, something.
0: Yeah. And it is a business where, you know, I'm in the minority as a male, and I think it's great for some of our younger to ha- women to have a mentor, someone mm-hmm. who's leading the company and they can look to and see your career path and see that there's, you know, a chance of them doing the same someday. So, So I think that's great.
1: You know, I know you're aware we have a new creative director that we've Mm -hmm. brought on board and Jen Roberts. And the process of talking to a lot of just really exceptional people, um, Jen bubbled up. But one thing that I learned throughout that process, only 3% of creative directors across the U.S. are female.
0: Really? I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Crazy? Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, I good know. for us. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you were a kid, did you ever think you'd be running a company or was that just something not on your radar?
1: Um, no, it's not anything I ever intentionally do, but little known fact, I was the president of the student council at my middle school. Okay. I was the president of the student council at my high school. All right, so and so precedence. I guess it's in the blood. I don't yeah, know.
0: Yeah. So, and, and didn't you intern like one day yes. at Asher? Isn't there somewhere a photo of you yes. holding like a Party size sub uh, subway yes. sub yeah.
1: One day I shadowed Tom Borney to figure out what I'm doing <laughs> in my life. It's high school. Yeah. Every again, everything happens for a reason. And um, my dad was he helped manage the Grand Wayne Center, a client yeah. of Asher for a long time. And so he's like, oh, you know, my buddy Tom Borney. Go follow him. So I followed Tom around for a day. We went to a print shop. At, they didn't have enough people, Subway was a client back then. Yeah. They didn't have had enough people to hold this giant party sub <laughs> uh, for a three-fold um, brochure we were doing. So I am standing there like a 16-year-old kid <laughs> yeah. and talk about full circle. We'll have yeah. to
0: resurface that photo at some point. Oh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So let's talk about this place called Asher Agency. You've been here for 15 years. Yeah. You know, I... If you asked me to describe it, I don't know what I would say. But but how do you define when people ask you, what's Asher all about? And feel free to be expansive. This is the part of the program where you could go on and on. But but how do you describe Asher to people?
1: You know, I would describe Asher as a group of very authentic people. We shoot you straight. Um, we, you just, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And we work incredibly hard. We have that Midwest work ethic and we are also really relentless. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like oftentimes if someone tells us we can't get something done, we find a way to to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, I think we have some of the best people. I'm so proud of, of the people that we have on our team. And I think, I mean, not, I think that is what makes Asher. Um, It's been a different year Mm -hmm. with a lot of folks being remote. I miss camaraderie. I know that we still will get together, whether it's happy hour, virtual happy hour. But at the core of who we are, um, we just were very authentic and transparent. And I think that in this business, to not have a bunch of BSers, I think that that is such an asset. And because of that, the relationships that we develop with our clients and with each other as a team... Are so critically important. We almost become that extension of our clients. They become like family to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it is definitely a, a people business, and we don't make a tangible product. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's the creative product, of mm-hmm. course, but it's more about the smart thinking and the people. And and I'm biased, but I think we've got great people. We you know, do. A lot of my job is staying out of the way and letting smart people do what they do. Yep. And You know, that's that's fun too. It's fun to think for a living and work with people who are super smart and can do the same thing. Yeah. So so what are some of the things that you know when you when you look at points of pride or, or work that Asher's done that you're especially proud of? What are some things that come to mind over the years that you've worked at Azure?
1: Yeah, um, let's see. Where do I begin? Well, one project that I was incredibly proud of was a it was a subway campaign Mm -hmm. and it was called Georgia grown. We represented the state of Georgia and we partnered with our agricultural department and Georgia grown is a branded entity in that region. And we highlighted farmers that grew produce for the subway restaurants Mm -hmm. there. And it was just, it, it was really a beautiful thing to feature these farmers, support the local economy, um, It was sustainable living before sustainable living was cool. Mm -hmm. This campaign originated back in 2014, came to fruition finally in 2016. Talk about being relentless and not taking no for an answer. It was really challenging to work through the red tape. But then, lo and behold, it became a, a point of pride for the subway brand, and there started to be replications of this campaign around the country. And um, we've done a lot of really great work for this national brand that they picked up and started running nationally. Um, One of our our colleagues... uh, Jeannie Otis developed mm-hmm. this initiative, and uh, it was really it was a team effort. But she led this charge. It was National Sandwich Day, yeah, and it was down in a small market in Mississippi, yeah, and it ended up being picked up nationally by wow. Subway and going global, yeah. And so we've just we have turned out some really really great work. And I know that I'm speaking a lot uh, on the Subway topic because that's what I I yeah. worked so closely with for so many years, yeah. But there's just an incredible amount of great work that we do all across the board from our web development to our digital and social media management. Um, so, I don't even know where to begin yeah. from creative perspectives. Um, I have an easy job. I just
0: ask the question. Yeah. When I sit back and listen yeah. To I answer. mean, we so just. It's, yeah, it's a big question.
1: It is. And, you know, again, in the midst of COVID, we have just helped two startup companies roll out their brand in the face of the challenges of this economy. They have. Brought us on board to develop their branding, um, do their first campaign, media campaigns, develop their first media and broadcast. And so that's been really exciting to watch. And I mean, they the clients are just ecstatic about it because, well, yeah. Well,
0: and we get to, I mean, if if it's okay for me to say, I think one of them is Aurora Sleep, yeah. which just great people. I mean, yeah. Dr. Green is just awesome. I love talking to that guy because he's, you know, for those of you who don't know who Steve Green is, he was a former basketball player, played at IU, played for the Pacers. And, and I have to admit, when we were first as an agency introduced, I was a little bit intimidated. I was like, what's this guy going to be like? And he is the nicest guy you will ever meet. He's so cool. So, you know, helping someone like that start a business is some of the most fun that I think we can ever
1: have. It really is. Um, um, there's another startup over in the D.C. area. They've been around for a couple of years, but we helped them develop their first campaign. And it was a little risque. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even had to fight to get it on air. We were working with Comcast, and they're like, this is a little too much. So the, the concept <laughs> and the premise of this Brand out there is a weight loss initiative, yeah. and so there was this guy he had pixelation, and you know he's prancing around, very proud of his weight loss, and it, it was really tongue in cheek and funny. Well, Comcast was a little resistant to running it, and thanks to um, some hard work and diligence by our media team, we got it on air. Lo and behold, then you see Folgers doing plays yeah. on the Zoom media. Meet- you, you see all these plays on Zoom meetings and yeah. people being in underwear or whatever, and it's like. We, we got there first. Yeah. It was cool.
0: Yeah, well, and you have to be a little bit provocative to cut through the clutter in yeah. today's environment for sure. So uh, another thing I want to hear your perspective on, you know, you and I kind of both grew up at Asher under the Borney brothers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that I find myself doing things that are 100% influenced by the way they ran the company and just the guys that, that, that Tim was and that Tom is. Mm-hmm. How much of an influence and, and how do you see that manifesting in yourself, if, if at all?
1: Well, again, I I can't even tell you how much. I mean, I've had two significant mentors. I mentioned Sherry from the Bay Area and and Tom, really. And it's about watching and learning and studying. And Tom... You always kind of had a good cop and bad cop with those guys. And I I I love them both.
0: Yeah, I used to say that I could get anything I wanted. I just needed to decide when I came upstairs whether to take a left or a right. Yes,
1: (laughs) it's true. They were the yin and the yang, (laughs) right? What a duo. Um, Yes, so you, I know, uh, spent more time with Tim. I always spent more time with Tom. I mean, we would all spend time together. Um, Such admiration. But, yeah, Tom has taught me... Several things, but one is always listen Yeah, and then out of the information that you have have gleaned and harvested, pick out what you think is the best avenue to Mm -hmm. take. Um, My dad and Tom both have told me, you know, always remember there are three sides to every story his hers and the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And so uh, he's just Thomas taught me to slow down, listen and evaluate before making any knee jerk decisions. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, and that's been my experience too and you know with Tim what what Tim taught me is he would he would know when I was going to make a mistake and as long as it wasn't a terminal mistake, he'd let me make it. And then he would tell me that I made it Uh and tell me that he knew I was going to make it. And that has, you know, I I really have always appreciated the fact that our leadership, including you, has always tolerated mistakes. And I think that's for, especially since we hire people who are more junior in their careers, you have to do that. You have to give people, you know, some latitude to try stuff and take risks. Not not huge risks, not risks that are going to get them in trouble, but things that, they need to learn on their own. And we move so fast that you get to kind of try stuff, and if it doesn't work, learn from that and move on.
1: Well, to that point, it's about empowerment. Yeah. I mean, Tim and Tom, both of their leadership styles, we're not hovering over your shoulder yeah. and watching, micromanaging everything that you do. Yeah. And I think that is part of the beauty that has really transcended across the generations here is that we, maybe it's scary, because yeah. we tell people sink sure. or swim. A yeah. lot of folks come yeah. in and we're like, all right, this is how you do it, and you're off. Yeah. Um, but... We let people learn and, yeah. and and we empower them to take ownership.
0: Yeah, and we have a pretty, I mean, again, you and I are both biased, let's admit it, but we have a pretty good track record of employee retention, you know, and keeping people, uh, you know, Larry Wardlaw's been with Asher for how long? We can't
1: 30, count.
0: We can't count. Um, <laughs> we Jill's been it. here for 30 years. So yeah. we've got great people and, and that uh, autonomy and that lack of, you know, scrutiny, I think, helps people, you know, stick around, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so let's talk a little bit about your dad too, because you mentioned him a couple of times and, and, Gary, I don't see him very often, but as a great guy and I've always, always enjoyed being in the same room. Was he just, he was just recognized with an award? He was, he
1: won, uh, was awarded the Circle of Cordon, which is one of the highest honors in the state for the impact that he made on the economy in Northeast uh, Indiana. Yeah. I mean, my dad is, he's my buddy. He's again, a mentor, a friend. um,
0: So how is, how did he influence you as far as the role you're in now? What, what things can you see that you learned from him that maybe you're applying anything come to mind?
1: Um, I feel like I reflect a lot of who my dad is, my parents both, Mm -hmm. but, um, my dad is always so open to every, every walk of life. You know, right now diversity is such a a hot topic and, um, my parents just always taught me inclusiveness Mm -hmm. and I've just learned so much by watching him, the kindness that he that he puts into any situation, the thoughtfulness. Um, yeah, gosh, I've never, that's, I know we're in a podcast. I've never been asked <laughs> that. I've never yeah. really summarized what all my, my dad and my parents have done to influence me. Uh, but they have always like saying that I'm going to move to Europe in the year 2005. Yeah. I mean, gosh, the, the war ended in 2000, and they're yeah. like, go on, Kara, why don't you get a job? Yeah. I mean, that's, they've always that's, just that's encouraged awesome. me yeah. and believed in me, so it's yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: well, great. Well, let's talk about stuff that you're working on and, and some of the things that are most exciting to you, most challenging to you, most interesting. What are What's on your mind in, in terms of projects, whether they're short-term things or long-term things?
1: Mm-hmm. It's really... Um, the recalibration, I think, of the agency is my most exciting focal point right now. And I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting across the table from you. Uh, it It's everything. It's what I think about all the time. I help on projects periodically in regards to clients. I'll step in when I can and help when and where I can. But it's really the agency collectively as a whole that I'm most excited about because everything in this world has shifted over the past, what, eight, nine months. And it's put a lot of things in a clearer perspective and vision. And so I'm just really excited about where we're going and who we are going to become. And by we, I mean myself too, along with this agency. So that is what really just inspires me right now. And I'm constantly... I'm I'm in a, a couple different conversations and groups where I have other C suite mentors mm-hmm. and just talking with them and, and learning from their mistakes and and um just how they've grown their companies throughout the years. I'm constant I'm I'm a student, constantly learning and reading and listening, and that's what excites me right now.
0: Yeah. So how would you define your leadership style leadership philosophy what what do you try to bring to the table as far as like a consistent presence with all these smart people? What, what do you try to do from a leadership perspective?
1: Um, I may have mentioned this a couple times, but I feel like i i just I try and listen yeah. and I try and help problem solve and what kind of leadership style do I bring to the table? I hope it is one that isn't quick to judge, one that, um, understands that if I walk into a room and there's a situation, it's, it's all going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. And so I hope my leadership style is an open door policy, um, come in and, and chat about anything that's bothering you any, um, and I mean, that I guess both professionally and personally, but if there's a an issue on any sort of project, okay. Well, let's talk about it. Let's solve it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. So. And it's it's a complex organization because we have folks, you know, in West Virginia. We have folks in Indy, and it's gotten more complex over the last seven months because we've been, you know, distributed around the world and connecting with each other over video conference and over the phone much more so than face to face. How have you dealt with that challenge? How are you dealing with the challenge of leading a team that is, you know, virtual?
1: I try and pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah. And it's it is difficult. You know, I love our Slack channels and things like that where gifts are dropped and emojis are yeah. popping. And um, so <laughs> trying to, it's strange though. I almost feel more connected to people now. I, and maybe that's because I, we're all in one building and people just get in a zone and sit in their office or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like we have almost been forced in a nice way, forced to communicate more. Yeah. And so I think picking up the phone is critical though. You can't just hide behind, sure. you know, sure. emails and emojis, but
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one thing that I have mentioned to to other people. I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but I think this whole situation, in a number of ways, has brought like the humanity back to work. Mm -hmm. And we've and I'll second that. One of the reasons I've stayed at Ashford for 16 years is you kind of get to be yourself. I mean, we've got folks who I don't think they're you always put on your work face, right? Mm -hmm. But I think most of our people, you get who they are when they're at work, and it's not very different than who they are at home. So I think we've always had that, but. To me, it's a very different equation when, you know, we're on a we're on a video conference and somebody's child runs by in the background. I kind of like I that. I love it. You know, there's there's a, a client of ours, uh, a woman who works for Ivy Tech named Kelsey, and she, you know, kind of purposefully puts her kids' drawings in the back of her Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. which. You know, if nothing else, it reminds me, okay, this is a whole person. She's got kids. She's got a family. This is just one facet of her life. And I think up until, at least for me, up until March of 2020, it was very easy to forget that. And you just thought of, you know, this person who comes to work every day. But it's kind of opened up a new window into our our people's lives in a good way.
1: I mean, I'll be on the phone with Margaret, one of our colleagues. I'm like, hi, buddy. I'll hear the dog in the background. Or I'm on the phone with Tom. And I'm like, what's up, Dash? You know, you just... Yeah, yeah, they are. They're part of the fabric of who we are, yeah. and it's so much more visible now. Um, and I think we're all embracing that. I mean, yeah. personally, I you know I was a diamond club platinum whatever level, the highest level you can get with Delta. And so, talk about your world changing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have fresh produce in the in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so, so yeah.
0: how how many miles did you travel? Last year or the year before?
1: I don't remember the miles, but I do remember that I measured the measured. I looked up the circumference of the earth and I could have traveled it five times. <laughs> oh, geez. All on domestic and flights. And that's within a year? That was one year.
0: Wow. So so how many miles have you traveled this year?
1: Uh, <laughs> not many. I yeah. I would guess maybe two thousand. I had flown to LA okay. once, and wow. that was February. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I kind of miss it. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I was just you know sort of the obvious thing there's a group I'm talking to tomorrow about change and mm-hmm. and you know the fact that none of us think we're good at it, but all of us have done it over the last seven months and you know to I have twenty plus years of my work life being getting in the car going to an office staying yeah. at the office for eight hours and I've done that you know maybe ten times since March and now what's normal is going into my den and turning on the computer and it's you know, you get used to it. It's it's different. But, you know, I, I think it reminds us all how adaptable we are, for sure.
1: I just, in a really twisted way, I feel like I've been living my best life. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you know, there are a lot of sacrifices and there have been a lot of hardships yeah. and really sleepless nights. But I have solidified friendships, yeah. and I've got to spend time with my parents and my yeah. dearest nieces and nephew and my husband, and I mean, there's just, there's so much joy that's been yeah. uncovered.
0: because you and Mike have been married for six years yeah. now, so yep. that's, you know, you're still, it's still early on. We're and, still in
1: newlyweds. And
0: he didn't see much of you for I the first know. five years, so good for you guys, that's great. Yeah,
1: it yeah. is. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Got to yeah. find the silver lining.
0: So, so let me get at, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit in a Kay? good way, Um talking about about Asher. I'm going to throw out some names of okay. some folks who we work with, and I want to kind of hear your perspective on them. Um, and I'm going to and, and I'm going to do this just for fun because it's, it's fun. I want to hear your thoughts on. You mentioned Margaret. Talk about yeah. Margaret Davidson. So Margaret used to be an Asher client when she was with the State Fair. Yeah. And has been with us for a number of years now, running our indie office. What comes to mind when you think of Margaret?
1: Mile a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Margaret, I love you, girl. But mile a minute, she goes so fast, and she's just she's phenomenal with the clients. Um, um, heart of gold, and she just is, she doesn't stop. Yeah. That's Margaret.
0: Yeah. What, okay, I'll throw another name okay. out. What about Steve Morrison? And oh, I'm, Steve. I'm going to focus on some of our folks who are, you know, in the remote offices because they don't, yeah. sometimes don't get enough love. So, Steve, tell me about Steve Morrison.
1: Oh, uh, I mean Steve, just that southern draw, kind gentleman. Um, you know, he is a wise owl. Like, And I don't mean that in um, he just... He processes he's the voice of things. Reason. He really is, yeah. 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 I, I, and I love bye, y'all. I don't know at the end of <laughs> every call. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: he's got a pilot's voice. He does. Yeah, you trust him to land the plane. Soothing. Plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. How about Mike Fulton? In-
1: oh, Mike Fulton. Yeah. Um, God, why I'm doing that? I'm like saying oh with everybody. <laughs> you're, you're
0: stalling, so you can think of what you want. to <laughs> <No>, say. No, <laughs> I'm
1: not. I just hung up with Mike Fulton. We were just on the phone. Yeah. Oh man, Mike Fulton. I, Mike Fulton is so smart, I don't even know what he does. Mike <laughs> Fulton is out of our D.C. office, yeah. and he understands the, I don't know, just the, the the algorithm of politics, and his brain works in a different stratosphere than mine. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah. love talking with him. Yeah. I learn something every time.
0: He seems, Mike seems like a guy who is always connected to what's going on and connected to people in, yep. in a way that's just astounding. It's like every time I bring up the name of a company, he knows someone who either knows someone oh. or who works there, which is great.
1: And an exceptional author. He is always blogging and writing. I think he just had a book published. I mean, he's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. And let me throw out a couple names of some of your right-hand people. So talk to me about Megan Bennett. The financial side doesn't (gasps) always get the attention, but...
1: My ride or die. Ride or die. Yeah.
0: Megan's been here and has, you know, dealt with all the the tumult of of post-COVID or mid-COVID finance. So what do you think of when you think of Megan?
1: You know, um... We have just so many amazing people here. I could not have gotten through this year without Megan. Yeah. Um, I, I joke, ride or die, but truly, she has helped be my sounding board and um, just talk through some of the most difficult times this year. And she has, as you might imagine, as a CFO, just such a, an analytical perspective. Um, I joke with her that, like, I don't know which I am. I guess I'm probably the max. She's the PC. I'm the Democrat. She's a Republican. Yeah. I mean, we just have different approaches yeah. to every problem. And that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, and you need that, right? I mean, the, the one thing that... I, I used to think earlier in my career that I had to know everything, and mm-hmm. I and I didn't know anything, but I thought I had to know everything. And now I've gotten really comfortable at 51, being here 16 years, saying, these people are way smarter than I yep. am. You know, what I can do is maybe assemble the right team, but, man, I, those different perspectives are just critical.
1: Yeah, they yeah. are. I, I, You know, I love that you said that. Originally thinking that you knew everything, mm-hmm. I think it's important to walk into any situation and be like, I don't I don't know anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I you have to be open to different perspectives and yeah. a different approach.
0: Yeah, you know, we mentioned Tom earlier, and I think I learned this from both Tim and Tom, is is they were very much, or are, are very much, in Tom's case, from the leaders speak last school. It's kind of yeah. like let everyone else talk. Yep. And you know from sitting in meetings with me, I was always the first person to have an <laughs> opinion. I've tried to get better at that, but that's certainly um, the influence of, of the Borne brothers yep. shining through. Um, what about Brandon Pete? Let's talk Aww. about Brandon Pete. The Pete so, who can't be beat.
1: <laughs> Brandon Pete, little known fact. Yeah. Amazing voice. That's what I've heard. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I. I'm Catholic and you know I don't I don't bring religion into a lot of things sure. but we went to Ash Wednesday mass um, Brandon Emily Bartram Megan Bennett my husband Mike yeah. um, and I mean people were like looking down the pew like is that Pete singing over yeah. there yeah um, oh my gosh again so the the different stratosphere of thinking applies to Pete as well but yet he speaks in layman's terms yeah. he makes it so uh, Digestible, whatever it is, he's speaking from web.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and and the thing that I think is is not always known about Brandon when he started here, he was a print designer and was one of the best print designers I've ever worked with. Is one of the best writers I've ever worked with. Is you know just super talented in a number of different ways. And you know with. His need to focus on web stuff, um, just astounding talent there. So just a, a phenomenal guy and a good singer, apparently. And so, a good singer. Brandon, maybe someday you can serenade me in the morning and I'll wake and the birds will fly and it'll be beautiful. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. What we usually, and anything else that is on your mind as far as projects, as far as things that are important to you that you're working on now, anything about Asher that you, you want to make sure you say? Or have we covered it pretty well?
1: Um, I think we've covered it pretty well. I, I just think that we have a group of people that works really well together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, um, you tag people in who you need, whether you need Brandon from the website or Dave from the digital side, or, you know, we always will bring the the right people to the party. And the fact yeah. that we all work so well together, I think is really, um, it's just really important and something I'm really proud of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I think you're right about the collaboration. Like, you know, I really have enjoyed being able to work with Jill Brown again. Yeah and you know, be because she's back in the office and we're working on stuff for a client, and it's it's it reminds you of how good the people are that you work with, which yeah. is great. Yep. Okay. So what we do to, to close this out is we do a quick hit on the three questions we talked about, but sort of a, a now that you're kind of warmed up, yeah. a shorter, a shorter answer in a way. So career pathwise, let's say you were talking to someone who is entering could be the agency world could be the franchise world it could be just someone starting out in their career what's the one best piece of advice you have someone about establishing themselves in a career path and and being successful however you de- determine that
1: mm-hmm. I've mentioned listen a couple times, but it's critically important. Mm-hmm. Listen, observe, and do not be afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. because I, that's the way you learn, but it shows your interest level. It shows your eagerness. Um, so I would listen and ask questions would be my, my top advice, if you will.
0: Okay. All right. So this is going to be a challenge because you've already given a good short answer to it. But if somebody stopped you on the street and said, you've got you know, 30 seconds, what's Asher Agency all about? What would you say?
1: Uh, great work, good people, okay. I think, would be the nutshell. Um, and, yeah, what else would I say? Elevator speech um, outside of things that I haven't already said. Um, that we can help them solve their problems. Yeah. Let us uncover and discover what's going on and... and yeah, what what is troubling them, and yeah. let us help you solve it. Because if we can't do it, we'll find you the right people who can. Yeah, um, you know, we're not so proud here that we we will help you with your solutions. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, and, and the one thing that. I, if you don't mind, I'll add to that, is we've got really super service, service-oriented service folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I like is when the phone rings, people rush toward the phone, not away from the phone. Yeah. And again, it's kind of like o- almost too eager to help sometimes. I, I don't know that, maybe I'm not saying that well, but no question. I, I remember there was a story, and I want to give a shout-out to to Sean O'Leary and, um, and Caitlin Judkins, who's no longer an Asher employee, but I remember a client called us, and they needed a photo shoot. And literally, like, within 36 hours, they wanted a photo shoot done. And the photo shoot started at 6 in the morning. And, hmm. you know, I... I remember. We're all, we all have challenges delegating. I'm pretty good at it, though. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good at get, getting stuff off my plate, by the way. Thank you for taking the gotcha. delegated <laughs> to delegate it upward to you today. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I was super reluctant in this case because I was like, this is 6 in the morning. And Sean just was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Love to do it. And Caitlin was right there with him. So you know when i say too eager it's 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 with humility that people are just really great about solving the problem regardless of what time of day they have to get out of bed yep. or what time they get home so yeah. yeah all right last short question so this has been a challenging time for a lot of people who do the work we do and beyond you know there's a lot of people who are struggling with how do i how do i do this how do i adapt how do i keep my business afloat if you were you know, conspiring with someone about those problems, what, what would you say that might make them feel a little bit better?
1: I would say stay true to yourself and don't lose sight of your strengths and your areas of expertise because it's been just a really clouded time and everything seems just uprooted and it's really important to stay focused on on who you are Um, And I mean that at every level um, as, as businesses, as individuals, um, yes, you have to keep your eyes wide open that some things may be shifting. And so there may be some adaptation, but all with that, that intention of staying true. So that's, I think what I would say, I would also say that it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we (laughs) can get through this, we can get through anything. And so, and you have to find that silver lining, you know, being here and working with people that maybe we hadn't had an opportunity to work with as much recently, or um, it's there's that silver lining, and it's only going to get better.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I, I've always said that the one thing 2020 has given me that maybe I didn't have enough of in the past is gratitude. It's mm-hmm. like now, if I wake up, I'm like, okay, am I healthy? Are the people I care about healthy? And am I still getting a paycheck? If I can check those three things off, I mean, with all honesty, you're you're you should be very feel very fortunate if you're in that position in 2020 and you know i wish i had that perspective 10 years ago i don't like how i've gotten that perspective but it certainly is um it makes you approach the world a little differently when you when you have that gratitude
1: it has shifted and refocused me on work life balance yeah. i remember you used to when i was living down in raleigh open an office for asher down there you would always just coach me and, and be like, Kara, you know, just one thing at a time, you need to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned Sherry now a couple times in this, but she said, Carrie, you always have to put on your, you know, life mask first before yeah. you help anybody else. If you're yeah. sitting on a plane, but, um, it, it reminds you of that work life balance, the priority of friends, of family, of loved ones, and um, just that, yes, work is critically important, but it's not everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not. And, you know, we also, we're, we're fortunate to work with people who are interesting outside of work, who yeah. have full lives, who do know charitable work in the community who have fun hobbies and yep. you know all kinds of cool stuff that just makes them makes them a lot of fun to work with I know yeah well you my friend are very fun to work with and oh, this was great it was fun I always learn something new about people even people I worked I've worked with for 15 years yeah. so thanks for talking I appreciate you doing it and thank and you I, I would say good luck but we have the same kind of luck that we're, <laughs> we're in this boat together so we are. We'll, we'll just keep moving Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. I hope you appreciated hearing from Kara as much as I did. We'll be back next week with another episode and we hope to see you then. Thanks.